Dear friends, welcome to yet another interview episode of my podcast. One of my favorite things with growing up as an artist is all the people I have somehow stumbled upon and connected with all through the years. Brandon, that we will talk to today, is the founder of the online publication Lemonade Magazine. This is super cool for me because way back when I released my first and second EP, Lemonade Magazine was the first publication that took a chance on me as a new artist. They were so amazing with their support and they gave me interviews and features and eventually even nominated me for Independent Artist of the Year. I can't remember exactly the year, but it must have been somewhere between 2010 or 2011. Brandon started this magazine 2010 and it's just been a beautiful publication for smaller artists as well as established artists as you will hear in this interview. So if you are a young writer or journalist and dream about getting to interview your favorite bands and write about music and travel to go to shows to write about it, this guy is definitely someone you should look up to. Here it is, my interview with Brandon from Lemonade Magazine. So hello Brandon and welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Charlotte. It's uh, awesome that technology yeah. allows us to connect yeah. across the pond. It's super cool uh, that we're connecting here now because uh, you are the owner of Lemonade Magazine. And right. I, I think that that was probably the first really cool feature that I got to do way, way back, like many years ago. Back when we were kids. Yeah. I mean, we were still kids, right? But yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think actually it was around my second EP. And so it nice. must be like, I don't know, what was it, six, six seven years ago maybe? You know, I was I was trying to think about that today actually because I knew that I was going to be doing this tonight, and I I was trying to figure out we we updated the site you know to a new sort of format so we don't have all the um, articles from the original uh, years. But I started the magazine in 2010, and I I don't think that you were but maybe a year after I started it. So I would guess that had to be seven years ago, ah, six so seven cool. years ago. Crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. Okay, so uh, to uh, just introduce you to the listeners, just a little short, who are you and what do you do right now? So I, uh, like you said, Brandon, uh, Brandon Enyart, I'm the, I was the, the only owner um, of Lemonade Magazine back, I think, when you were featured. Um, and then a friend of mine uh, down in Tacoma, Washington, he came on as a part owner. And uh, yeah, I'm the editor, part owner. Um, I deal with a lot of the content, uh, that gets, uh, um, that gets to be on in, in the magazine. And I, I mainly do most of the interviews and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a real blast. I've done it now for eight years and, um, yeah, so it's just been really, a really incredible time meeting amazing artists like you. And I, like I said, you're like part of the family here at Lemonade. We love you. So I yeah. I love you guys. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and what I love about Lemonade is that it's uh, you're you're featuring 
all kinds of artists, not just, you know, the the big established ones. You are so welcoming to smaller independent artists too. But everything that you do still has really high quality. I feel like some magazines and blogs, they only bring on smaller artists and then you can tell that it's not, the you know, up to standard. And I, I love that you're so open to, to smaller artists too, because you really give a platform to to artists who need to reach out. Well, you know, I really appreciate you saying that because that was, you know, not often do you get to follow through with your mission, right? And, you know, as you wanted to be. And when I I started the magazine, that was my main goal. You know, I wanted to make sure that while I was featuring indie artists, um, that I also was making sure that we had some relevant uh, artists out there who had established themselves, I should say, because that way, if we got some people in, say, that liked a established artist and the other person who was featured was needed uh, the, um, the exposure, then they would be more likely to check out that artist. And, you know, and, and that was something that was really important to me because um, I just really wanted to be wanted it to be quality. And I know kind of firsthand as someone who is you know, started out as a songwriter and that sort of thing. I kind of (laughs) know what artists go through and, you know, just even get that little bit of, you know, something to show in your press kit or that kind of thing, you know? And, and, uh, so for us to, to, uh, to kind of have what we have now, which is, you know, still, still, you know, a small publication in the realms of huge publications like, you know, Rolling Stone and Spin and whatnot. But, um, but at least we have this platform where the people like you, like yourself, um, they really understand what our mission and our goals are. And, and they really seem to attach themselves to that. And that just means the world to me. Yeah, for sure. So, so let's go back to, um, before you started the magazine, did you, did you still write? Did you start out as a writer or how did you get this idea to start, to start this? You know, it's kind of a funny story because I, so the first thing that I can really remember writing as like, if we're going back to when I was a kid, um, I, I, I was always trying to like formulate songs in my head. So I, 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 I always considered myself a songwriter first. And then I actually, when I was probably 12, I started writing a fake newspaper. So I was like eons ahead of the onion. And I, um, I wrote this, uh, newsletter, uh, newspaper, but it was all about underwater animals. Remember I'm 12. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, so every, every week I would have a new newspaper and there'd be sports and there would be, um, you know, breaking news and weather and whatnot. And, um, so that's the earliest time, you know, earliest I can remember me writing stuff, but, uh, we fast forward a little ways. Um, I, uh, was actually interning for a local publication here and I didn't go through college. Um, I completed high school and then, uh, I kind of fibbed to this local publication. I told them that I needed college credit cause I really just wanted the experience of having an editor and making my, uh, to make my writing better. And so I kind of fibbed to them and told them, you know, I'm, I'm going to be using it for college credit and I wasn't going to college. Um, and, uh, but it was, and of all things, it was a horse magazine. So, um, I lived in kind of a agricultural area and a lot of people were into showing horses and horse jumping and that kind of thing. So I actually wrote about horses for, uh, I think around a year or so. Oh, wow. And yeah. And, and it was supposed to be, um, I was supposed to actually have a job with them after the internship was over. And, uh, just my luck, the editor quit 
the day, <laughs> literally like a week before my internship was over, and it threw the whole place into chaos, and, and they didn't end up hiring me. And um, so I was kind of bummed out because I thought, well, it'd be a good job to have. I've always wanted to write. And um, a friend of mine down in California, she uh, I don't know if she even knows it, but she, she told me that night, she was like, she goes, well, just start your own magazine. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, and that, yeah, that, that basically the next day I started to kind of lay the blueprints for it. And, um, and I kind of just got lucky from there, I guess. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so cool. So when you started this, uh, like the first, uh, issue then of the magazine, so we should say that it is an online magazine, right? Or did you ever have physical, um, copies? So the the uh, first the first incarnation of the magazine was it was not um, physical, but it was um, I designed it to be like you would read it on a Kindle or something. Um, you know, it had flipping pages online, and it was kind of cool because at first people really liked that. Um, it did confuse a lot of people because they also thought it was uh, you could get physical copies, but it was cool because it was kind of um, you know kind of kitschy and and they liked that sort of. Um, you know, sort of different thing online than just reading a blog post, and um, and it was cool to start out with because we would have covers and that sort of thing, and and it was kind of cool. But then as we went on, me and Aaron, who is my the co-owner, um, my business partner, we just decided that it was um, more people were gravitating toward a sort of online publication that was more kind of conventional. And so we decided to go for more of the blog sort of feel that way. People, we, we will put out more articles per week without having to do all this design work each month. Cause I used to have to design a whole issue that was like, you know, <laughs> that was like a flipping pages magazine. And so the fact that we just cut so much more time, we'd be able to feature so many more artists. And now we're actually um, looking into having a podcast as well here very soon. So we're just trying to cover as many things as we can, especially since we're still kind of a small team. And um, But yeah, so it's always been online, um, but we did have different kind of versions of it. And now it's more just, you know, as you'd read any sort of news article or, or interview now. Yeah, I'm all for the online because I think as soon as you start doing physical copies, you need a whole different sort of budget to create that oh, yeah. and send it out. And it's just, it's a different thing. So yeah. when, when you started, when you first sort of did your first interview, like how did you reach out to to fans eventually? Because that's the cool thing with Lemonade. Like you sort of have your own fan base, you know, which is super cool yeah. of like music fans. Because I feel like a lot of blogs, especially music blogs, are usually followed by musicians in a weird way. You know, like Pitchfork. I don't know any like normal music fans who read Pitchfork. <laughs> like, it's mostly the musicians and the industry people, you know? But Lemonade yeah. has a fan base of, of music fans, which is super cool. So tell us a little bit how you sort of started reaching out and finding finding that sort of tribe. So I think uh, in the beginning, you know, I'd had, actually previous to having the magazine, I had a, um, a talk show online. Oh, um, I didn't know that. That's and, so cool. Yeah, and it was is way back, and it's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but at least I kind of got my um, 
I sort of got my, uh, I would do some interviews and, and, and such. And so that was, I got, so that, that was really cool. Cause I kind of got my, um, bearings underneath me when it came to that sort of thing. And I think that it also taught me about, um, so on two sides of things, one about talking to the artists and then about engaging with fans. And, uh, when it came to the artists, uh, you know, it taught me to go, obviously how to go through certain publicists and managers and how to be really appropriate in the way you did it too and professional. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think a lot of people, especially with how easy it is to have blogs these days and everybody could have one if they wanted one. Um, you know, I think that I've, I've seen a lot of publicists who I know who get these ridiculous emails, you know, where the people are just kind of rude and they don't really understand the professional way to go about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, um, not to like, you know, brag, but I, 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 I was really, really, um, very polite about how I went about it and understood that not every artist has the time to talk to me. Right. So if I got rejected, it wasn't a bad thing. It's just not everybody has the time. And, um, I think I developed some really good relationships with publicists. And so that really worked its way into fans because when publicists, respect you, they tend to do a lot of, uh, you know, a good portion of your work when it comes to sharing, uh, articles. And so I think that really helped us in the early stages that when they would share those articles over Twitter and Facebook and such, um, it would get to the artists, uh, fans. And in return, those fans would become readers of the magazine. And, um, I just tried my best too. whenever, readers did engage with me online, I really tried my best to, uh, be as, um, you know, friendly and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, sort of excited about everything as they are. Right. Cause we're all music fans. I mean, you just mentioned how many musicians are fans of publications, right? So, you know, so I think that the fact that I was always trying to be very, very upbeat and a fan myself. You know, I mean, I think that really kind of helped that along as well. And we were so super lucky too, because we got these artists that, I mean, I like to think that we, me and Aaron both have kind of good ears, Mm -hmm. but we like, we broke, you know, a few artists that we just thought, Hey, they sound really, really great. And then suddenly they took off, you know? And, um, I think that just really helped as people started to realize, Hey, these guys, you know, sort of know what they're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> and so, sure. yeah. um, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize that for a new artist, it's so hard to get that first feature because no one really wants to take a chance, you know, on, on someone new. I remember when I released my very first EP that I have taken down since then, cause it sounds so bad, but <laughs> I, you know, I was chasing cause that that's exactly when the blog started to sort of bloom. So I was chasing all these blogs and no one no one was interested because I didn't have any other sort of references or right. quotes I could share. But then there was like the very first one was a super small one and then it slowly started to roll. And that, that's why it's so important for, for publications to take a chance as long as they think it sounds good because it really, right. it really does make a difference for, for new artists. Well, you know what's so important important to me is that is what you just said too is that i believe in the, in, in the music as well and that it touches me in some way mm-hmm. if i had featured you 
and you still to this day only had five fans, which by the way, talk about a fan base. Your fan base is incredible. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I actually wish we had a fan base like that. You, you've done such an amazing job. Oh, um, but if you'd only had five fans to this day, I would still be a fan of your music because I featured your music because I believed in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another, you know, that's a subconscious thing most of the time, but that's something that me and Aaron both stick by. You know, we, we know that if we feature it, it doesn't matter if anybody else um, relates to it like we do. We're confident that we will always be proud that we featured it. It's not that we don't want to please our fans. Of course we do. But I think we're just confident in what we know we love. And so, you know, um, we featured everybody from, uh, you know, Carly Rae Jepsen, who, you know, I'm sure you remember, Call Me Maybe, uh, to, uh, you know, Imagine Dragons and, um, you know, and and ex-ambassadors and and whatnot. They were all before they became big. Mm. And, you know, and, and so I think the fact that that we we didn't make those decisions based on their clout or their uh, the, you know, their online presence, we made those decisions based on what we heard. And that goes the same for every artist. When I started the magazine, I said, I don't care if you're playing on a sidewalk or you're playing inside of an arena. If you want, if I love your music and you want to be featured with us and you want to talk to us, I would, you know, I don't care who you are and how many fans you have, you know, and, and we really did stick with that. And I, I'm, I am very proud of that. Yeah, you should. So um, I do know that I do have quite a few listeners and followers who are young writers who are maybe studying writing or journalism and uh, who would love to get into music, journalism or writing about bands and stuff. So if you could give maybe one or two advice to, to these young writers, how they could start writing uh, about music, doing interviews, publications, or uh, starting their own blog, or whatever. What would that be? Yeah, I think that the the you know the first off, it's it's one of those things where when you are when you truly love writing, like I do, whether it be songwriting or um, or any form of journalism, you know, you realize that no matter if somebody told you today you'd never get paid for it, you would still do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know. So if you have that sort of feeling, you're already on the right track. Um, and it's a little sad because we don't get paid what we should. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, you know, but, um, but that's, that just goes to show you we're a different breed, right? Cause we love it and we do it anyway. And, um, you know, so my advice is to, to obviously stick, stick with that because you're a special person if you want to do that. And you're somebody who, um, you know, who really, uh, who really kind of, sees something different in this world that not everybody sees. Um, but as for the more technical aspects, you know, um, always remember that, uh, you know, just as you're busy and I'm busy and your neighbor is busy, um, always be polite. That's the the major thing. Um, nobody, you're not entitled to anything because, uh, you're giving this artist a chance or whatever. Um, they're also helping you out in a certain way. Mm. Um, because you need, you need content as well. So always be polite. Um, always remember that, you know, being humble really is the best thing in this industry. And, um, you know, and when you're doing interviews, um, 
there are a few questions for uh, that the fans want to have asked, and they're usually simple questions that the artists don't love because they get asked it all the time. So keep those to a minimum, but ask them because the fans and the readers do want to hear those. Um, but, you know, really, truly listen to artists before you interview them and uh, pick out a song that you really like off of their EP or their album and, um, and you know, sort of ask about that song even because I think the, uh, the thing I've found from a lot of artists that I've interviewed is that they were shocked that I actually listened to their full album and that just is crazy to me because that to me is like the least we can do. Right. And, um, so just, yeah, stick with that and make sure that, that you really truly, uh, do, um, you know, pour yourself into what you do and pour your whole heart into it. Those are great advice. I, I totally, I know that myself when I do interviews, sometimes I can tell so fast if the interviewer even knows anything about me <laughs> you know like sometimes they're like so where are you from and what's your artist name and like do you have never released a record right and then I'm just like <laughs> why should I take the time to, to do right. this with you if you d definitely didn't take the time to even google my name so when there is someone who actually like knows who I am and can mention one song that I <laughs> wrote it, it <laughs> definitely makes me feel a lot more excited about doing it so those are really good advice I was talking to uh, an artist by the name of Anya Marine. I'm sure you've, you've heard yeah, of her. Yeah, of course. And um, I remember mentioning a, a song off of her one album that I was uh, interviewing her about. And she goes, oh, my gosh, that's my favorite song off the album. I'm so glad you got that. And I'm like, and that was so cool for me as, a, as a, the interviewer. I was like, this is so awesome. Like, she, you know, <laughs> she thought it was great that I, you know, knew um, – But I kind of, I had that same connection with the song as she did, so yeah, it totally, it's totally worth it. If you just give the album a listen, you know that kind of thing. Give the music a listen; it's so worth it if you're going to be interviewing an artist. Yeah, and also because obviously, as artists, we are so in love with our own music, <laughs> like naturally. So if <laughs> yeah. someone else shows that they also like it, like that really, that really means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So, like you mentioned before, you have interviewed a few like really high-profile artists. Like, wh who was the coolest one that you got to talk to, and and who that really stood out for you? I think the two that stood out the most for me. There's two of them, and they are the most amazing people, really. Well, I mean, obviously you, Charlotte, oh, you uh, are always <laughs> awesome. But we'll 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 uh, we'll 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 go with somebody else yeah. here. <laughs> Um, for the sake of, of, uh, of the podcast. Um, so two people who, one of them who actually, I listened to their music, uh, since I was in high school, before high school, I guess. And, uh, when I met them, you know, they always say, don't meet your heroes, right? Well, I did. And he was who I thought he was. Um, so one of them would be, that, that would be Chris Caraba from Dashboard oh, Confessional. Yeah. Yeah. He is the nicest guy, um, that you're ever going to meet. He is, again, I talk about, you know, being humble and he is the epitome of humble. And, um, it was so funny because I actually met him with my cousin, uh, Tom and, uh, we're both huge fans of dashboard confessional and then his side projects, uh, uh, twin, uh, twin forks. Yeah. And, um, uh, so my cousin has this tattoo of an anchor and it's got a rope, uh, hooked to the anchor and then it's got some, um, music notes on it. And the music notes are actually the opening to Dashboard Confessionals, Saints and Sailors. And so uh, Chris right away actually noticed it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he like 
took a video of the tattoo and the picture. He was so excited by the fact that Saints and Sailors, you know, was on my cousin's arm. And, um, so he was just, he, he's a really great guy. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, it's like meeting a, a hero of mine and he, he's, he inspired me so much as a songwriter and just in general, just as a, a human being. So Chris Crab, a hundred percent. And then, um, there's this other, uh, singer. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but she's originally from Toronto. Her family moved around a lot and, um, she now lives in Los Angeles, but she also was around, uh, Vancouver, BC, which is only about 45 minutes away from where I live. And, um, her name is light. And of course, she's huge. Yeah. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. So I actually, I interviewed her in 2011, uh, and she was playing a show in Seattle. Um, that's about an hour and a half South of me. And, um, she was playing a show at El Corazon in Seattle. And, um, I thought I was just going to like do this quick interview, like say in like a green room or whatever. And she actually invited me on her bus and her, so her, um, band was there and they were all eating voodoo donuts. And for those of you who don't know about the Pacific Northwest here in, uh, North America, um, voodoo donuts is a extremely popular place in Portland, Oregon. And so she actually offered me, um, voodoo donuts, to eat voodoo donuts with her band and me being the idiot that I am, I haven't eaten donuts since I was like 17. And so I was like, oh, so I actually passed on it. I passed on eating voodoo donuts with lights in her band. <laughs> but, um, but then we actually went back um, to her uh, bunk and the back of the bus and uh, did the interview. And she was just the coolest, most sweetest person that you're just ever going to meet. Uh, I adore her. And I think it was like a few, I think it was like her and uh, she and her, her uh, now husband had just gotten engaged that week. So she was extremely excited. <laughs> and um, yeah, she was just the sweetest human being in the world. I've seen her now, I think four or five times uh, in concert recently, just recently in Whistler, British Columbia. And um, she's an incredible person. She has, she has a comic book out now. Yeah. I mean, she's so crazy. incredible. She's so creative. Yeah. 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 I love both those artists. Dashboard Confessional and Secondhand Serenade were like the two first oh, acoustic acts that I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. You can sort of do like, sort of do pop punk, but acoustic. Like I thought it was so cool and use your voice however you want. It yeah. doesn't have to be, you know, like slow singer songwriter just because you have an acoustic guitar like that was so inspiring oh. to me so yeah i mean you're like this made me think of all the songs of like secondhand serenade and yeah. and, and dashboard that i would just like i'd listen to like this bitter pill by dashboard confessional yeah. and where it's just his acoustic guitar and uh ender will save us all and it's just yeah you're so right his guitar is as much a percussion instrument in those yeah. songs as it is uh, a string instrument yeah, man, I I could talk about my emo, my love for emo music all yeah. day long. <laughs> I, 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 I'm still listening to it so much. Yeah, and and lights actually, I have been super inspired by her because what I love is that she's, you know, her sort of produced sound is very electronic and very very produced, yeah. and I love it. But then usually she is releasing every record as an acoustic version afterwards, right. and it's always so beautiful how she can like transform the songs to two completely different versions and i love that so much i love her acoustic records yeah when i actually saw her in seattle that was the first time i had seen her the day that i interviewed her right the first time i had seen her live 
and um, she played, uh, that was right after she released the album Siberia, which was just mm. an incredible album. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's the first album that me and Aaron agreed on at the magazine oh. <laughs> that we both love. <laughs> and um, at that show, she played Cactus in the Valley acoustic afterward. And my heart, like, just, like, it was just, like, grew so many sizes, yeah. you know, because <laughs> it just was, it was so beautiful. And I realized that, you know, like what you just said, that, um, when you see artists like that, who their acoustic versions of their music mean so much to them as well. They're not just people going out there and, uh, singing over a beat. You know, you hear a lot of, and no offense to those artists they're They have their place as well. But I, for me personally, it's so great to see somebody who, um, has both of those dynamics, you know, and, and she, I remember she kind of put a few elements of dubstep on Siberia and, uh, even though it was like, it was the it thing at that point in time. And, but it wasn't, it wasn't too overboard. And, and then she had, yeah, the acoustic version and gosh, when she released, um, tiny machines and the midnight machines yeah, was the acoustic version. So yeah. I mean, her voice just gets better and better. I, I, I can't even believe it. Cause usually you hear somebody, you know, who tends to, um, usually with artists I find after they release their first album or two, they tend to write music to play live, you know? So it's a little bit easier on them vocally. And I totally understand that. And, but she just like keeps, it's the other way. She just keeps getting better and better vocally. And I mean, when I listened to skin and earth the first time, especially the song savage and then new fears, which is right after savage, they're both incredible. And I was like, this girl can like rock out too. Like yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, I was so, gonna yeah. say Savage is a really hard song to sing too. Like that's yeah. that's a good vocal performance. Absolutely, hundred percent. Cool. And then, uh, if you could recommend everyone to go check out two uh, sort of more less known acts, what would okay. that be? So this band, and you know, here I've been touting how how you know me and my my, my uh, business partner and friend, Aaron, are, you know, we are so, you know, have a good ear for music and such. And I didn't realize this band existed until about a month or two ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, so maybe other people know about them, but their name is active bird community. Okay. And they, yeah, they have this song, their whole album is great. Um, but, uh, their, their latest album is called amends and the final song in the album, I mean, listen to the whole thing. But the final song in the album is called Lighthouse, and I, oh god, I love that song so much. Okay. Um, and so I could listen to that song. I play it on my guitar um, all the time because I love that song so much. And uh, otherwise, let's see, lesser-known artists that you know we've really been featuring um, a lot of really really great new artists here at Lemonade lately. And one of the reasons was Payson Lewis, he just released a, a brand new music video and he's got, he was actually on this show called the sing off here and, um, his new music video, we premiered it yesterday and, uh, he's got a really good voice. So he's pretty cool. And, um, yeah, so those are two that come to mind right away. Cool. Um, on, I think this is another band that's been pretty popular, as of late, but, uh, the frights, uh, their new album is incredible. So if people haven't listened to that album, go listen to it. Oh, I haven't heard of any of those. That's perfect. Yeah. I'm always looking for new bands to love. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Um, so before I let you go, I have, uh, three standard questions that I am asking 
every guest All on right. here. The first one is, if you could go back and tell 18-year-old you anything, give any piece of advice to younger you, what would it be? Uh, you know, I think that probably through my, I would say probably around like the time that I was 23, 24, I really um, started to understand how important it is to not be so selfish mm. and to, um, and to uh, rather than try to shove empathy into the back of your mind, understand that it's okay to be an empathetic person. Um, I think it's made me a nicer, better person. Um, obviously I would also tell myself that it's always going to be a struggle. Um, you know, a lot of people, uh, struggle with, um, stuff like anxiety and depression. Um, and, uh, it's always going to be a struggle, uh, but try to keep your, your chin up through it all. And always remember that you have, um, you have an outlet, you have a pen, you have paper, you have a keyboard, you have com a computer, uh, you have a guitar, you have a ukulele, you have a piano. Um, you can always get it out, whatever you need to say. Um, there's usually friends who will listen. And if they don't, then you can uh, scream it out to yourself. And I think the, that would probably be the, the advice I give myself then. Yeah, that's a great advice. Uh, so the, qu the second question is, if you uh, could recommend the listeners to go check out one song, like your favorite song in the entire universe that was ever written, what song would it be? That's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard because, like, I was listening. So I was listening to it. It's funny because right now, um, obviously because Bohemian Rhapsody is out, yeah. um, everybody's listening to Queen again. I don't – I listen to Queen my whole life, and so I don't want to be, like, one of those people who just does it because everybody is. But I was, like, <laughs> I've been seeing all the commercials, like, I have to put Queen on. And I was thinking to myself driving out uh, – driving back home tonight, I was, like – I, I mean, can you imagine having the best voice in music and the one of the best guitarists in music in the same band? And you're like, it's incredible. Um, so I mean, like, there's so many Queen songs I could say, but you know, I think that, uh, you know, one of my favorite songs, just in general, I just think because of he's such an amazing writer and he is emotional in songs without being your stereotypical emotional in songs. I think Delicate by Damien Rice is probably one of my favorite songs. It's simple, yet yeah. it's so important. Mm. And, like, and I mean, Blower's Daughter is another one, obviously, that comes to mind. And I, I remember, I mean, I could go through Damien Rice songs all day. Yeah. Um, but uh, Remember is another. Yeah, I would say I'm just going to go with Delicate right now because I just love the whole, like, point of that song. Yeah, that's a great choice. I love Damien Rice so much. Okay, and the last question is, if you could recommend anything to the listeners to go check out it could be you know an app or food or a city or a hobby anything what would it be oh man <laughs> can i give can i give one for each yeah, <laughs> um, yeah of course uh, you know a place to go i haven't traveled nearly as much as i should um i would love to travel more but um whistler british columbia canada is one of my favorite places on earth okay. and as well as the San Juan Islands uh, here in Washington. Um, and then as for food, um, I love uh, – there is um, – it's a vegan a, ve a vegan company called Guardi uh, Guardian Foods, 
And they have a, over here in North America, we just had, I'm half Canadian, half American. And so we had Canadian Thanksgiving back in (laughs) October. Now we've got American Thanksgiving coming up. And so I'm vegan. And so I uh, had a, um, so I love their, their, their turkey roast. (laughs) So I'll say that for food. Um, And uh, let's see. And then as for a hobby, if you don't play music, buy a ukulele. It's the best way you start to learn how to play rhythms. It's not, you have to deal with six strings. It's only four, um, and start playing. And it's, it's so cathartic. It makes you made me relax, uh, on some of my most anxiety ridden moments of my life. Mm -hmm. And so I say, yeah, take up, take up ukulele and then let it branch out from there. Ah, super great. Uh, so before I let you go, where can people go uh, and connect with you, the magazine, if they want to say hi, where should they go? If they want to say hi to me personally, they can go find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore E. And then if they want to find me on Instagram too, it's Brandon Enyart. Um, that is so hard. Yeah, I hope you like put my name on <laughs> Yeah, I will link, I will link all this everywhere. Name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, it's a hard name to spell. So look for the description, right? Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. And as for the magazine, uh, it's www.lemonademagazine.net. Uh, if you search it in Instagram, I know like we have different variations on Instagram and Twitter. I think it's almost always Lemonade Meg on those. But if you search it, it'll come up. And um, yeah, so you can always keep in touch with us there. And uh, we always love to to hear from people. And um, if they have, you know, if they want us to even just listen to a song. Obviously, we can't feature every we get thousands of emails. But um, but we love, you know, but we always listen. And so if people even just want to share stuff they're listening to, uh, feel free to. That's great. And like I mentioned before, you're also uh, trying to start a podcast for the magazine right. and I will most probably be featured there at some point. So. You will certainly be on it. Yeah. Probably, I'm going <laughs> to drive you crazy because I'll be like, hey, can you come on again? Because oh, we love you so much. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thank you so much, Charlotte. And there you have it. I really hope you enjoyed it and that you found some inspiration from Brandon. I think it's so cool that even though we're both involved in the music industry, we're doing two very different things. And that's also one of the things that I wanted to start getting into this podcast, show you that there are so many different roles in the music industry. The songwriter and the artist is just one very, very small part of a record. There are so many people involved in creating a career for an artist. Even if you're an independent artist like me, I'm doing everything on my own, but there are still so many people around me that help me. For example, journalists, publicists, and people who take a shot at featuring me. Like always, if you enjoy this podcast and want me to keep doing it, it means the world if you want to take the time to go to iTunes and give me a five-star review. That really helps the algorithms and the robots and it tells them that this podcast is good and it should be featured in more places. So please do that if you can. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you're having a beautiful day. Love, love.